For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I've got a really exciting show for you today. First of all, notice my voice sounds a little kind of whacked. (laughs) That's because I'm recording this just days after thousands and thousands of marketers from all over the world uh, trudged to social media marketing world to have one of the most amazing experiences of their lifetime. And it was our eighth year. It was our best year ever. If you were there, awesome. If you weren't, well, hopefully next year you can come. So because I'm just coming off the tail of social media marketing world, I've decided to do something a little different. It's going to be me and you and John Lee Dumas today. Why? Because John interviewed me on his podcast and I thought the content was really, really good. So today we're going to talk about how to grow a following and John is going to interview me. The first half is going to be focused on growing a following. The second half is going to be our YouTube strategy and the last half of this interview Technically, that's half and half. (laughs) The last third of this interview is going to be about collaboration and how to collaborate with others to grow. So I think you're really going to enjoy this. And before I get into the interview, I have an awesome another video that I would love to play for you right now. And this video is how to overcome the fear of what other people think about you. Listen in. Do you want to be well known? Are you concerned about critics and trolls and all the nasty things that they'll say? In today's video, I'm going to show you how to mute the critics, how to embrace the fear so that you can move forward. Stick around. Morning. Great. How are you? <laughs> You're not scared of being on camera, are you? Okay. Are you overwhelmed by the possibility of people judging every single thing you say and do? Could it be that the very thoughts inside of your head are sabotaging your ability to achieve success? Oh, I'm just not very good on camera. Nobody will ever listen to someone like me. I'm not prepared. The words, they just never come to me. I don't have the right tools. I'm never going to be good enough. I don't have the budget of those big guys. I need to be perfect. My face was made for radio. Let me share some truth with you from my good friend Aristotle. There's only one way to avoid criticism. Do nothing, say nothing, be nothing. The truth is that your fear might be the very thing that's holding you back from becoming all that you were meant to be. 
So if you want to make an impact on the world, you need to be okay with the fact that not everyone is going to agree with every single thing that you have to say. Yes, when you get that criticism, it's going to sting a little bit, but that's okay. Don't let it stop you. In the 10 years since I founded Social Media Examiner, I have made a lot of strong statements and not everyone has agreed with me. For example, most recently I wrote a blog post called Beware of Facebook Groups, Long Live Communities. After I published that blog post, I took some heat from employees. I took some heat from some of my speaker friends. I took some heat from some of our readers. But I knew before I published that that I was going to be going out there and I was going to be saying things that aren't necessarily popular. So did I let it stop me? Absolutely not. Did it sting a little bit? Yes, absolutely it did, even though I was prepared for it. The message that I posted wasn't for the people that gave me heat. It was for everyone else. And lots of comments came in and lots of dialogue started and lots of people started thinking about the things that I warned about in the article. I knew who I created the content for. And the people that I created the content for were the people that loved it. Mission accomplished. Let me share three different ways that you can overcome one of the biggest fears that you likely have, which is how do you deal with the critics, the trolls, and the criticism. The first one is to have compassion for your critics. Yeah, you heard me right. Have compassion for your critics. Psychology Today says, quote, Critical people were very often criticized in early childhood by caretakers, siblings, or peers at an age when criticism can be especially painful. And as they become older, as they become adults, unfortunately, they become critical people themselves. So what does this mean? This means that your ideas might be threatening to other people if it directly flies in the face of the way they do things or it threatens their core beliefs. Have a little compassion for people that don't agree with you. The second part is to remain hydrated because you really can't film if your mouth is all dry, like mine is. <sighs> Number two, remember you are not for everyone. You are not for everyone. Think about who it is you wanna to try to reach. And when those negative comments and criticism comes in, ask yourself, is this person who I'm trying to reach? Does this person fit into the tribe that I am trying to connect with? If that person doesn't, well then there should be no surprise that they don't agree with you. And just say to yourself, it's okay. I'm not gonna let that comment bother me. I'm gonna move on. Number three is gonna be the hardest one for you to accept. It's to turn the criticism into an opportunity for you to improve yourself and to improve your message. Let me explain. If there's some truth in the criticism, receive it as feedback. Receive it as an opportunity for you to make yourself and your message a little bit better. Because the truth is, when we get started sharing our message, we're not gonna be as good as we're going to be over time. Because the more feedback we receive, the more opportunity we have to become better. So the question I want you to ask yourself when you receive critical feedback from someone who is clearly within your tribe is how can I use it to better construct future content and better communicate my message to the world? Is fear holding you back? 
If so, you're not alone. Every single person on the planet who creates any kind of content and puts a message out there, they're dealing with some level of fear. Just remember who it is you're trying to reach. And maybe, just maybe, those fears will subside. Well, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed that audio version of this video. If you want to find more videos, there's like 14 of them at youtube.com slash social media examiner, all filmed by me. So today again, I will be interviewed by John Lee Dumas, and we're going to explore the topic of growing a following. If you want to reach me, I am at Stelsner on Instagram, or you can email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. And don't forget, if you're new to this podcast, to hit that subscribe button. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. Let's now transition over to this week's interview of me. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Michael, say what's up to Fire Nation and share something interesting about yourself that most people don't know. First of all, what is up, Fire Nation? Mm -hmm. I am so excited to be back on your show. And uh, I don't think I've told too many people about this next thing. My very first business that I ever did was with my younger brother. He was he still is three years younger than me, Um, (laughs) but we were little kids and uh, we would go out in the backyard with flashlight at night. And we would pull these big night crawlers out of the ground. And the next morning we would go out on the curb and we would sell them to the fishermen as they would go by. And that business did not last long, <laughs> but I think it lasted about a month, but it was our very first business venture. I don't even know if we made any money. It was so long ago. My guess is I was 10 or 11 and he was probably seven or eight years old. So we have it. Once an entrepreneur, Fire Nation, always an entrepreneur. And I'm excited for today's conversation. This is actually Michael's fifth time on Entrepreneurs on Fire. Um, this is episode 2,343. So, you know, you come on about every 500 episodes or, show, or, or so, Michael, and just kind of drop some value bombs. And today, what I'm excited about is we, did a, we had a lengthy pre-interview chat where we were kind of going over what we were going to focus on. And we're going to be talking all about becoming an influencer on fire and what that means to be an industry leader. And you've been one, Michael, for a really long time. I mean, Entrepreneurs on Fire, we're into our seventh year now and back pre-launch. This is three months before I launched back in 2012, like the June timeframe. I was compiling my top 20 dream entrepreneurs to interview. And I was going over with Jamie Masters, who's a mutual friend of ours. And your name was on that top 20 list. So even back in 2012, like you were one of the guys that I was just like, this is a person in the industry who's an industry leader that I would love to have as part of my power 20 to launch entrepreneurs on fire. And of course, since then, I have, I've had you on four more times for a total of five times, including today. And you just continue to bring the heat. You're always looking for that next thing, which is what I love about you. Like you're always looking on what's coming next, cutting edge stuff. And something we're going to talk a little bit about today is what you're doing differently with your YouTube channel and some videos that you're creating as well. But let's just kind of start off by talking about becoming an industry leader in the social media industry specifically and some of the advantages that come along with that. So can you kind of like 
step back and take us in that direction? I've had the distinct advantage because Social Media Examiner is now 10 years old and we've been at this for a while and we've seen a lot of people come and go and I privately mentored, advised and coached a lot of these people. And one of the big things that I notice is everybody that becomes known seems to be more successful. And there seems to be something to that. How do I become known? Because here's the advantage, John, when people are ultimately thinking about a person or a company, uh, who is the one or who is the company that pops into their mind? That's the big question, right? When you are that company or where you, when you are that entrepreneur or that individual that people think of when they have a need, guess what that means? You don't have to pay Facebook or Google any money to try to generate leads and exposure. Um, people start talking about you to other people. So when someone's inside a Facebook group and they say, Hey, I'm looking for somebody to help with this. They say, Oh, you got to go to person Y, even if that they've never worked with person Y and your person Y that's awesome marketing for you. So what ends up happening is all these opportunities start falling in your lap. You're asked to speak on stages. You're asked to be on podcasts. Your business model grows and you can take it to the next level. That is the promise that comes from being really well known. And this is something that you've actually done on multiple levels, meaning you have, you know, a conference, social media marketing world, where you bring in industry experts, you highlight them on stages, you also highlight them on your multiple shows within YouTube and just the overall social media examiner show that you do live on a weekly basis. So, I mean, kind of talk about some specific examples that you've seen where people have come in they've become known for what they're doing. And as a result, as you mentioned, they become more successful as a result. Oh my gosh. Every person you can think of that's probably on the stage at social media marketing world has done this, right? You think about somebody like Jay Bear or Mari Smith, right? So Mari Smith is somebody who um, is out there all the time talking about what's new in the world of Facebook. And as a result, she's the one people think of when, they look in, when they're looking for a Facebook expert. She's the one that uh, businesses partner with and want to hire. Uh, Jay Bear, he keeps writing books and he keeps doing podcasts. And he keeps getting keynote gigs and he keeps getting opportunities to moderate, you know, big stages and stuff like that. And he gets opportunities to build his consulting pipeline without having to build, you know, uh, without having to pay anybody to do that. Those are just two examples that come off the top of, your, of my mind. But you're another example, John. I mean, look what you've been able to achieve over the seven years since you started Entrepreneur on Fire because of what you did, right? I mean, you were relatively unknown. You were this guy that came out of the military, right? And uh, had a prior career that not a lot of people knew about. And you just burst onto the scene. And as a result of you building those relationships and developing that content, even though most of your content was focusing on what's in the minds of other people, a lot of that rubbed off on you, John. And as a result, you were able to launch all sorts of products and services that accelerated your growth. And now, you're living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> and I would not say relatively unknown. I would say completely unknown. I mean, I had no footprint, no fingerprint, not even a fingernail in any kind of the online entrepreneurial social media marketing space, zero zip zilch. So that's just a perfect example, Fire Nation, of how when you're able to establish a name in a specific niche, then as Michael was saying, which I love, you know, you start getting these organic leads. People start talking about you. They become your evangelist. You're not having to pay hand over fist for the Instagram ads, for the Facebook ads, et cetera. So like right now in the podcasting space, a lot of people are like, hey, you know, I was thinking about starting a podcast, but you know what? I'm going to like go to YouTube and search the videos. People are like, well, you could do that. 
But there's this guy, John Lee Dumas, that has this completely free podcasting course, freepodcastcourse.com. You should just go check it out. And I have so many people, because we have an intake form for Paradise, where I just say, hey, how did you first hear about Paradise? You know, of course, all the options are ads and my journal and this and that. But they say, a friend told me about your free course or a friend told me to just Google you. And like, that is such a massive way that I'm getting more leads that I'm getting more audience and I'm getting more revenue through courses, uh, through enrollees and like podcasters, paradise, et cetera. So fire nation, this is why what Michael's talking about is so super key, but where would somebody even start? Like if they want to become well-known and you know, they're just like, how do I even start in this space right now? That seems so loud, so crowded. What would you tell them? First thing I would tell everyone is no matter how crowded your space is, there's room for you. For example, let's take the food industry. Definitely the biggest industry in the world because yes. everyone right. And um, there is a YouTube channel called Cooking with Dog. And it's literally an Asian woman with a dog. And she's got 1.49 million subscribers. And it's just her cooking with her dog. <laughs> and that's her unique angle. There's a blog called Love and Lemons. And all they do is talk about food with lemons. There's a podcast focused on tastes of the past and all they do is they talk about old fashioned traditional kinds of food. So those are just a few examples to show you that no matter what, you can probably find a unique angle no matter how crowded the niche is because there's the biggest niche in the world is food, undoubtedly. Okay. So beyond that, let's get to how we do it. First of all, you've got to ask yourself, what is your why? I think this is perhaps one of the most important questions to ask before you get started. Why do you want to be well-known? Do you want to be well-known because you want to be famous? Because I'm here to tell you that fame does not pay the bills. Can you confirm that? John? I confirm. <laughs> <laughs> you've got to have a better why than that. You know, you've got to have some sort of a bigger reason why. For me, the reason why I wanted to be well-known is I wanted to make a difference in the world. I knew that if I could give away the content that others were basically keeping pent up inside of them and charging people for as consultants, if I could give it away in my blog and in my podcast and in our YouTube channel, I know that I could draw an audience to us. And I knew I would just need a tiny little fragment of that huge audience to be very successful. And I knew that every person that would share that content would be basically increasing the footprint of the business. And I knew that 99% of the world that I touch will never become a customer. And I was completely okay with that because I had a bigger purpose. So figure out what your why is. And it's okay to have a why that I'm going to make money. It's okay that I want to buy that dream house. Any of those kind of things, just have a why. But fame alone isn't good enough. Secondly, once you know what your why is, I really think it's important to do a competitive analysis. Now, John, I would love to hear your thoughts. When you started your podcast, was there any kind of research that went into this? There was a bunch of research that went into it because I was a podcast listener. And my biggest question that I had was, okay, what do I love about the shows that I listen to? But even more importantly, what do I feel like is missing with the actual shows that I'm listening to on a consistent basis? Right. So start looking at people that quote unquote might be competitors, but don't think of them as like the evil you know, empire that you're out to destroy. <laughs> Instead, look at them as like marketplace justification, right? There's proof that there's somebody out here talking about this, writing about this, creating videos about this. And I want to know what is it about them that I like? And what is it about them that um, I don't like? How could I learn from them? And then maybe you could start researching people in other spaces that are not competition 
and come up with someone who you really love the work that they're doing. For me, it was a guy named Andrew Goodman who was really big in the SEO space and he still might be to this day. I just loved everything about his business model. And I said, I want to take that and I want to do that in the social media marketing space. So after you research a competition, then you try to figure out what your unique point of differentiation is. John's unique point of differentiation is, tell me, John. Daily podcasts. There you go. Yeah, everyone else was doing it weekly or maybe twice a week. And John decided to do it every single day because he knew there was an audience that was in their car working in real estate or commuting or whatever that was in that car or on that train every single day. And he wanted to be in front of them because he knew that he did not need a huge audience to be in front of if he was in front of them every day. So true. Now, in my case, my unique differentiation is that I ask questions that others are thinking on my podcast. So I won't let my guests go deep down the trail without like if they'll say something like an acronym that my audience doesn't know, I'm going to say, well, hold on a second. And I stop them in the tracks and my audience tells me, oh, my gosh, you asked exact questions that were on my mind. (laughs) So that's my unique thing is I try to put myself in the position of my listener and try to make sure that they get something by listening to me. That's just one of my unique differentiators. What's your unique differentiator? Maybe you're funny. Maybe you're analytical. Maybe you have a unique view on your industry that nobody else has. Maybe you come from a different world. Like maybe you're an attorney who's become a chef and maybe you can bring some parallels between the world of law and the world of cooking. (laughs) Maybe there's laws of food that we haven't even thought about. So try to figure (laughs) out what your unique differentiation is. And then the last thing is to start testing your message. And this is really important, John. I think in the beginning when you create content and at the core of everything we're talking about today is to be known requires the creation of something. You need to either talk on a stage or talk on a podcast, create video, or you need to write. So when you create that message in the beginning, you have to think of everything as a great experiment. And just like a cooking experiment, it may not, it might not be well received the very first time. So start testing your message by creating the message and then analyzing the message which we're going to get into in a little bit here to try to ascertain what works and what does not. Because my guess is, John, in the beginning, you were doing things differently than you're doing now. Am I right? Big time. What's changed? I mean, a lot of things have changed. So at first I was just like trying to test my message by going out there and really having a structured interview and really be focused on, hey, I don't have skills as a podcaster, as an interviewer, as a host. I don't know how to guide. I don't know how to dig deeper. And so I was just trying to stay to a very structured message. And I did that for five and a half years. That was 2000 episodes daily with essentially the same six questions. But I've continued to test my message. A year and a half ago, I made a big break and I said, hey, I'm going to switch to an audio masterclass more than a podcast. We're going to be having the top experts in their specific niche industry come on and give a masterclass, like give this actual course on a specific topic so I can go real deep and just talk in a much more fluid and just really intense manner. And so that's just me kind of continuing to test, getting feedback from my audience and continuing to try to say, okay, now that my strengths have grown in these areas, how can I utilize these in a better format? I love what John just did here because by pivoting and calling it a masterclass, it sends a signal to everyone who listens that I'm going to learn something. This isn't just a conversation between two bros. This is actually something that's got an intent and it's been thought about and hopefully I will walk away richer as a result of it. And you know, that alone, just creating a different label for what you're doing is smart marketing. So awesome job. 
appreciate that. And I kind of want to go over what you were saying as well throughout this answer, because I think you brought up so many good points in Fire Nation talking about what is your why, like getting down to that core, you got to start there and then researching your competitors and then finding out your unique point of differentiation and then actually testing that message. You have to go through that three-step process. And one thing that I've already said one time, but I want to reiterate this, Michael, that you do so well is look over the horizon to what's next because something is always coming. I hear so many people, and I'm talking to you, Fire Nation, you're complaining about, oh, I missed the podcasting train. Well, guess what? While you missed the podcasting train or while you're complaining about it, Instagram happened. And then, oh, I missed the Instagram train. Well, guess what? While you missed that, TikTok happens. And I'm not saying these are all trains you should be getting on. I'm saying something's always coming next. Keep your eyes towards the horizon and see how your why can fit into that next thing that's coming. And you can do what I do with podcasting by getting in on the earlier side of things and completely dominating that niche. And I really have been intrigued because during our pre-interview chat, you took me to a couple of videos. I was going through what you're doing. You're doing something different now that I'm excited to go after this interview and kind of watch in full. You just have a new strategy. And this new strategy you're employing on a very consistent basis on YouTube. Talk to us about that. Well, first of all, there's in the past, we had this episodic documentary called The Journey, which was kind of like a real actual cameras in the office, sewing together a storyline over many, many episodes. And after I ended up hiring a director of marketing, I decided I'm not the central character of the show anymore. We can't have this show continue on. <laughs> I don't think your secretaries, by the way, are that disappointed because they always looked a little scared on camera. They're like, are you coming in here again? No, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> So what we decided to do was we decided to uh, go all in on YouTube uh, about 90 days ago from the day of this recording, oh, wow. which is about, you know, fall of 2019. And the goal here was to fly people in from all over the world and film in studio. That was the primary directive to create article quality video tutorials, right? On almost anything you could possibly imagine. And we've flown in people literally from all over the world to talk on Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff. Then along the way, I decided that I wanted to get back on camera and I felt like I had a message to share with my audience about the stuff that we've been talking about today, which is how to become known. Because like I kind of alluded to, I've been coaching and mentoring a lot of people and most of my business model has been about getting knowledge out of other people's brains, but not necessarily out of mine. So we've been filming these batch videos, takes me about... You know, in three hours, I filmed three of them. And then in another three hours, I developed the scripts for those. So it takes me about two hours per video. And then it goes out to a Hollywood producer to create these really super slick, but inspirational and tactical videos. And it's just been a blast for me to do it, John. It's just showing the audience a different side of me. And they're loving these videos. And uh, and it's really exciting for me. And it it's allowing me to test out something new. And I'm watching for certain kinds of feedback. And, you know, if that feedback is really strong, then maybe there'll be some more stuff coming from me down the road. So how do you know when what you're doing right now, all this work, the storyboarding, this batching, sending it out to an actual professional editor, how do you know what is working and when it's working like and taking even a step back from that after you answer that question is like what signals should we as fire nation be looking for to know if what we're doing what we're spending our time on is actually working well i have this little three step process i refer to called create maintain and analyze and imagine it like a clock you spend a little bit of time creating 
you spend a lot of time maintaining and you spend a little time analyzing. So many people that create things, they just create it and maybe they maintain it <laughs> or maybe they maintain it really well, but they don't know whether it's working or not. And this is that, well, that's what we're talking about right now. How do we know it's working? So there are some subjective metrics that you should look for in the very beginning. And these are the metrics that are very, very important. So when you create something, you want it, you want private messages, you want comments from people saying, OMG, that was freaking amazing. <laughs> or you want people sending you messages saying, this is exactly what I needed. You read my mind. This is so, so valuable. Or you want them to share it on Facebook and you want to read those share comments and say, this is something you don't want to miss. When you start hearing those kind of comments coming from people, and John, you know, it's it's the oh, few yeah. that do this, right? It's it's the minority, right? But when those signals come, that is a good sign because it's like the 10%, if you're lucky, will ever send that signal. And there's another 90% out there that will never to tell you how good this stuff is. But you're watching for those subjective signals from others. When you get those signals, you know you're on the right track. When you don't get those signals, then you know maybe something's off track. Have you found this to be true for you, John? I've absolutely found that to be the case. And I always tell people that it's like, oh, I've just started. I have a podcast that's, you know, a couple months old. And I only have like 10 reviews. I'm like, listen, you've got to extrapolate that. Like those 10 reviews aren't just 10 listeners. Like each review is like there's a hundred or a thousand people listening for the, the one person that takes to actually go and leave a review. So don't look at those as your numbers. Like when you get some kind of feedback, that means there's a lot of people that are consuming that, that are thinking about it, that are getting value from it. And so those people that are communicating with you, you've got to hold on to that and really try to figure out, okay, hey, where do these people come from? What do they really like about it? What don't they like about it? And most importantly, like what are they really struggling with so I can keep creating value for them in a meaningful way and maybe create products, services, communities for them. Now, one thing I do want to jump on though, Michael, you did use the words, spend a little time analyzing. And I've always thought that you were kind of an overanalyzer myself. So are you really only spending a little time analyzing or are you actually spending a lot of time? Uh, I am actually <laughs> very analytical. You are correct that I'm analytical. But here's the thing. Someone who's really analytical can get through data very quickly. That's true. So let me tell you what I'm looking for. First of all, when it comes to podcasting, anybody who, like John and I know this, both Spotify and Apple provide retention graphs. And so does YouTube, right? So you want to look at those retention graphs. You want to see whether they're skipping over sections of your podcast. You want to watch for the percentage completion rate on these things, right? Some shows are going to be higher than others, right? And you want to try to separate the highs and the lows. And you want to say, what is it about the highs that made them different than the lows? Was it the substance? Was it meaning, was it the way it was done? And what was said in it? Was it the topic? A lot of times certain topics are going to outperform, right? And then you can look at those signals and say, okay, it seems like my audience is really hot on these kinds of topics. Like in my case, it's all Instagram, right? I can do almost anything on Instagram. And it's, it's on gonna fire. Right. So like that's a good signal, right? That shows me there's a big appetite for that kind of content. But if I do something on, for example, Pinterest, I don't get the same kind of response, right? So it's just that kind of metric that you want to look for. But if you want to get really, really interesting and granular, YouTube, I think, provides some of the best metrics. I don't know if you have a channel, John, or if you're doing very much on YouTube, but very little. it's absolutely amazing the way YouTube works. So just if you imagine a funnel, YouTube will take your video and they'll show it to a sampling of your subscribers and to a sampling of your non-subscribers. And then what they'll do is they'll track the click-through rate on that thumbnail 
and on that title of that video. And then what they'll do is they'll track the retention time, how long they're watching the video. And then in the end, what they allow you to do is change that thumbnail. So you can change that thumbnail and you can see whether you can get that click-through rate to go up or down. If you have a really good retention rate on your video, meaning people are getting through most of it because YouTube wants people to stay on platform. So if your video contributes to a higher on-platform time, then it's a matter of deciding how to get that click-through rate to go up. And that's where just simply maybe changing your thumbnail and getting that click-through rate to go from a 3 to a 5% all of a sudden can almost double the amount of video views. And this is where you can start mathematically doing some really fascinating calculations. Like we have a video that is uh, at 17,000 views and it's getting about 500 of views a day. And if we can tweak it a little bit more, we anticipate that this video will be one of the big winners on our channel. It will have over 100,000 views within a year. And it's also contributing to new subscriber growth on the channel more than any other video. So we're putting that one right up in front on our YouTube channel so that when people come there, they see that video first and it increases the likelihood they become a subscriber. So that's where you can get like ninja crazy with your metrics. Well, I can share something else that I think that you do really well because I was a big watcher of all your journey videos. And for me, it was just like, oh, he does this every video. He's so good at doing it. And I'm sure you're doing it on some level with these new videos I'm going to start watching. And that is opening loops. Like when the video starts, you open up a loop that makes me want to retain, makes me want to like have retention till the end of it. So I think that that's just a great kind of way when you open a loop fire nation and say, and Hey, by the way, don't go anywhere because by the, you know, before this video ends X, Y, or Z is going to happen. I'm just like, well, I can't go until I see X, Y, or Z. Like talk a little bit about open loops and how you're employing that in your YouTube videos. Absolutely. Think of it as a teaser. When you watch television, you know, sometimes you watch your favorite show, whether it be on Netflix or regular TV, they'll show you a couple clips from what's about to happen. Right. And you're like, "Ooh, I want to stick around to see because that hasn't happened yet. Right. Have you ever noticed that before? Totally. Happens, especially on reality TV shows. They do that all the time. So the idea here is to kind of give someone a reason to stick around. And the reality is that most people are going to make in a judgment call on your video in the first few seconds. So that's called the hook. So the idea is to hook them in. And then after the hook is what's called your bumper or your little, here's what this show's about. You want to keep that tight. In our case, it's like three seconds. And then you want to get into the content. Once you get into the content, we say a little bit more about what they're about to learn. And sometimes we'll say, and if you stick around, there's a bonus tip at the mm, end. Ooh, bonus tip. Other things that we've done is we've even put on some of our longer videos, we put little, little uh, scroll things with a small moving, like imagine a green line moving from the top to the bottom with icons all the way along the right side on the video. Hmm. And as they're watching the video, it's like a progress report. That green line is coming down to the next icon and filling it in and going down to the next icon. And that's just a little psychological trigger that we're using to get people to keep watching because it shows how much progress they've made. That's so good. Hook bumper content, that bonus tip, and of course, a progress bar thrown in there as well. And Michael, straight up, I mean, you're as good as it gets when it comes to collaborating with others. I mean, you've been doing this for well over a decade now with massive success. So how can those people that are just starting out or maybe getting a little initial momentum collaborate with others to accelerate their personal growth? Uh, In my second book launch, I talked about something that's a simple formula for growth. It's called great content plus other people minus marketing messages equal growth. Now we've talked about great content And the plus other people is the secret sauce. And a lot of, you can only go so far on your own. 
but you can go really far when you work with others. This has been John's secret recipe to this podcast, (laughs) but it's not secret anymore. The idea is when you collaborate with others to co-create content in any form, which is what John and I are doing right now. It's what people do on YouTube. It's what you do anytime you interview someone and you write an article and you and they're in it. That benefit of getting others involved is a huge accelerant to your content. And the key to doing that is just to think creatively. What I did when I started Social Media Examiner is I hired a guy with a camera to go to a conference. It was called Blog World. They're not around anymore. And I interviewed like 10 or 15 people. Chris Brogan was one of them. And I just interviewed them on camera. I was with that person on camera asking questions, creating these little 10-minute videos. And then afterwards, I would email them a copy of the video. And they were blown away because nobody was doing that. Nobody was like making them look good on camera, you know. And that's the kind of stuff that you can do. And that's what we do right now. I mentioned that we're flying in people from all over the world to film in studio these these things on our channel. And we're the ones promoting this and helping to grow the viewerships. And the benefit of their participation is they're getting in front of our audience. And for them, it's a win-win. So the goal is really to find the right people, figure out how you can make it a win-win and things can really blow up for you. And you are doing this specifically on YouTube, like you mentioned. So, I mean, kind of stepping back and saying like how maybe somebody could do that that doesn't have a budget to like fly people into a studio doing all these things. Like what would you say to that person? Well, first of all, the podcast is the easy road, right? Just get Skype and start doing some podcast interviews. That's the easiest route. If you can write, Or if you want to do live, you can do live as well. We didn't mention that, but you can easily use tools to do live video like Ecamm or Crowdcast. And you can do a live show where you bring on guests like we do every week and talk about the news. And those guests are kind of like your remote experts, correspondents, adding their opinions. If you are a writer, obviously you could write about something going on in the industry and you could reach out to a number of individuals to ask them for their thoughts. And you could sew that into the article. So there's some examples right there. So 30 minutes with you, Michael, literally flies by. So let's take a step back now, give the mic back to you and just kind of share what is like the one or two big takeaways from everything that we've talked about today that you want to make sure Foundation really gets and then give us a call to action as far as like where we can go to like watch these videos that you're creating, how we can learn from you by actually studying what you're doing. If you want to be more well-known, the absolute key is to create content and that content can be stuff you do from a stage. It could be something you do in front of a camera. It could be something you do in front of a microphone. It could be something you do in front of a keyboard. So the idea is to ask yourself, what kind of content can I best create? And then try to create the best conceivable content you can. And ideally it's a little unique, right? For the niche that you're in. Then what will happen is people will start recognizing you. They'll start calling your name. They'll start giving you opportunities. And with that, you can accomplish almost anything. And if you want to go uh, check out some of the stuff we're doing on YouTube, simply go to youtube.com slash social media examiner, hit the subscribe button, and then you can find the videos that I've been doing, which is uh, in a playlist called Become the Recognized Expert in Any Industry. And by the time this podcast comes out, there should be at least five or six of them that I would suggest you watch. Fire Nation, you You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and you've been hanging out with MS and JLD today, so keep up that heat 
And if you head over to eofire.com and type Michael in the search bar, not just this episode, but the other four episodes we recorded on Entrepreneurs on Fire is going to pop up and they are great episodes, every single one of them. So if you want to go on a little JLD, Michael Stells and her binge, you definitely could do that because plenty of content there, but your strong call to action. If you want to study and learn from the best, head over to youtube.com slash social media examiner. Hit that subscribe button. Watch these videos that he's creating. You are not going to want to miss. And Michael, I just want to say thank you, brother, for you know mentoring me over these years. I mean, we've met for many lunches back when I was living in San Diego up in Poway. I would make the drive to come hang out, have lunch with you, and it was just a, a great time. You've been a mentor to me for many, many years now, and you've been a mentor to Fire Nation for now five times on this podcast. So thank you for all of that. And for that, brother, we salute you and we will catch you on the flip side. Thanks, my man. Hey, if there was anything that was mentioned that you wanted to grab and write down, we take all the notes for you. Socialmediaexaminer.com slash 401. Also, hit that subscribe button if you're new to this podcast. You do not want to miss any of the future episodes. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your super fast talking host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week, I promise. I hope you make the best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. Catch you soon. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.